from Ski Tracks, it's the show people talk about. It's Talking with the Gravy Train, your source for Nordic news and one-on-one interviews with current Nordic skiing newsmakers of the day. Sometimes we'll look back and share the rich history of the sport, and sometimes we'll be engaged in the current topic of the day. And now, here's your host, longtime Olympic announcer, Peter Graves. Hello once again, everybody. It's Peter Graves in studio. It's another edition of Talking with the Gravy Train, and we have a very special guest on the phone with us today from Sun Valley, Idaho, a gentleman who I have uh, great respect for and is a friend and has been for a long time, Rick Capala, who is a program director for Cross Country for the Sun Valley Ski Educational Foundation. And Rick, uh, welcome to the show. It's great to hear your voice. Well, thanks, Peter, for uh, calling, and uh, it's great to be part of the gravy train. (laughs) Everybody wants to be on the gravy train. Yeah, me too. Uh, Thank you, Rick. So you you have been at your job in Sun Valley for a very long time, and um, you have created a, a, a program and a milieu and a culture so important to Nordic skiing. Before we talk about that, give me sort of the abridged version of how you came to arrive at Sun Valley in the first place. Well, uh, I yeah, thanks, Peter, for those words. Uh, I had I was coaching in uh, Anchorage, Alaska, uh, and I had been very fortunate to land at West Anchorage High School that had um, a stable full of really talented young skiers. So it it was easy for me to sort of get my feet under me. And I had Nina Kempel on the team, um, um, Joey Caternicho, who went on to serve for U.S. skiing as a, you know, an important person in uh, her role with skiing, still is in many ways. Uh, You know, so I had, had you know, Chris Grover was on my team. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I had been a little bit fortunate in that I had uh, had some success with the program and this job in Sun Valley opened up. Uh, I got a call from a gentleman by the name of John Wells, who is a longtime Nordic advocate in the community here. And he said, hey, ask. he asked me, he goes, hey, is there anybody up in Alaska who you know? Because I guess they knew me as a contact and might be interested in taking over down here. And, um, and so I probably sent in my, <laughs> my resume and was able to land a job. And that was in 1987. So Alaska to Sun Valley. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. it 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 must. I mean, you've been there so long. Quit um, <laughs> saying so long. Oh well. <laughs> I mean, you have, and 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 you've developed such a great program. Tell me a couple of philosophic components that you have developed over the years. Uh, at your program, maybe they weren't initially there, but but that you've come to see what what are you striving for? Excellence is one component, I'm sure. But tell me a little bit of your thoughts on that. Well, uh, you know, and this is it's sort of hard to pull all the different threads together, sure. I guess, in a few sound bites. But one of the things that I think is really important that we we have been able to. Um, emphasize in our program development efforts here is that our cross-country program in Sun Valley, we view it and we hope the community views it as an important community asset, right? So it's not just about cross-country skiing per se. It's about a program in our community here, the Wood River Valley, that provides quality of life value for everybody, right? And so 
were really interested in skiing well and using our successes in cross-country skiing to promote the sport specifically um, and have cross-country skiing, you know, be all that it can be in regards to, you know, sport excellence for sure. But we also understand that the community is enriched by having vibrant, successful, well-sustained youth programming. And um, that's one of the things that we really try to emphasize. We really try to connect with a lot of partnerships in Mm -hmm. our community, whether it's the Blaine County Rec District that's responsible for grooming trails, whether it's the local ski shops, whether it's the schools, the various academic platforms. We really think it's important to function in a way that supports the, the other agencies that support us, if that makes sense. Certainly. And so we create this fabric of interconnectedness that uh, really gets everybody to feel like the team belongs to the community, right, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's from, a, from an organizational standpoint, that's probably preeminent in our efforts with regards to how we manage the program. You know, and one one thing I always thought about you because I, I see you often at the USSA convention, the Congress, and have for many many years. Um, you've not only been a great coach and a, and program director, but you've also taken the extra step to be intimately involved with the workings of the national governing body um, and with an eye cast towards. Uh, improvement of of things, uh, refinement of rules, and all those kind of things. But Rick, it, it's always impressed me that you have given back above and beyond, and um, that says a lot about you. Well, that's nice of you to say. I, I, I you know, I, I don't hear if there's like a, you know, what, why necessarily I. Um, I engage in these other things other than I think, you know, we, we have a choice with regards to how we approach our uh, engagement with things we are, are advocates for our vocations, if you will. And if you want it to be better, you better jump in, I guess. And, um, you know, I think there's obviously a limit to how much everybody can do, but, sure. um, yeah, but I but it's been great to be involved at that national level as well because and not just me but many people right oh There's absolutely many, many people who all pull on oars that they can pull on and um, so yeah it's been great to be part of that and it's been really cool to see the sport flourish I mean we go to junior nationals now and there's regularly clubs and teams that are growing and coming up and I'm, I'll be looking at the uh, results list, you know, with the club names next to them. And I'll be like, well, who is, who is that? Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, it used to be like maybe 30 years ago, we could count the sort of year round programs that were engaged in, you know, really uh, high level programming, if you will, or comprehensive programming, maybe is a better way to put it. And there we were on, we were on one or two hands. Right. And right. like I think about Intermountain in particular. And when I first came here in 87, we were the only program that had a coach employed to direct athletes in year round efforts. Right. Mm-hmm. And now there are 10. Right. Ditto. 
10, you know, 10 clubs with year-round programming, right? And now, and I think that that kind of storyline would be echoed in every division. So, yeah, I think so. Does that make sense? Maybe? Yeah, and it, so it, that's it, the outgrowth that's happened, I think, from all of our efforts nationally. Yeah, I mean, so. uh, I'm always astounded not only at the numbers at Junior Nationals, but if you look at the Coke League uh, figures oh, uh, yeah. throughout the no. uh, throughout the country. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, um, this, which m- many of us probably thought back in the '60s and '70s would never really happen, has happened, and it's oh, a, yeah. a beautiful yeah. and really inspiring thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the I think the next big area for us to really put some heavy lifting into is the growth of U12 and U14 and U16 programming, whatever that means, programming slash opportunities. Uh, when we look at uh, in Intermountain again, because that's the closest thing I have to reference, um, we have a thing called the Intermountain Youth Ski Championships. And uh, 20 years ago, we would have between 50 and 60 kids, 70 kids show up for the event sort of a, you know, much like the uh, J2 Festival is mm-hmm. run mm-hmm. in the uh, East. And last year we had over 300 kids. Um, you know, 80 girls in the U14 girls class starting in our, uh, on each of the races. Wow. Uh, it's, and that kind of growth we're seeing everywhere, and I think there's a real opportunity to continue to, to drive that because I think parents now recognize all of these sort of inherent values that are associated with cross-country skiing, and they really like the people that are involved, maybe, and they like a lot of our messaging. Yeah. Uh, that just is part of why we all, Peter, were attracted to sport way back when. Absolutely. Rick, you've been an inspiration to so many people and athletes. Was there one particular inspiration that you had in your career, somebody, or, or, or were there a number of people? Well, I think just like any of us, Peter, when we're going through those transformational periods, that transformational period in our life when we're going from sort of uh, wobbly need, sort of <laughs> deer, you know, eyes you know, caught in the headlight kind of stare was when we're in middle school or early high school to where we start becoming more of who we are, mm-hmm. maybe. Yep. And, and so I think all of us have mentorship that has occurred and we didn't know it was occurring, right? Only maybe in hindsight do we look back and we go, wow, you know, where would I have been if not for that person, right? And so it, 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 there's probably two or three. Mm-hmm. I think from a sports standpoint, you know, I was involved in skiing. Uh, I didn't become really involved in competitive cross-country ski racing myself until I moved to Michigan Tech mm-hmm. and, uh, and went to college and then switch sports. I'd been a traditional sport athlete and, and, but there was a particular coach that I had in high school by the name of Tom Kroll, mm-hmm. uh, who in and of himself, he wasn't somebody that when you would see him walk by that you went, Oh my God, you know, that guy is, you know, the guy, right? He was this very unassuming, but really passionate guy about who really, engage kids. And I got involved with a sort of wacky sport when I was a kid called wrestling. Mm-hmm. And, and the, from the moment you walked in the, the, the door of that team, 
the front door of that team, you were made to feel welcome. Um, you were made to feel like you, every person in that program was valuable and an important contributor to the program. And I was nothing special as a younger athlete, and, but it didn't matter. I immediately got connected with this tribe. And I think that's what happens when you're younger. You know, you're looking for that tribe. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the experiences and values that are associated with cross-country skiing um, um, play to that kind of all-welcome messaging, right? You know, cross-country skiers come in all shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we participate in a sport where we get to be outdoors. Uh, you know, the whole world, essentially, is our gymnasium. Um, we, the team structure exists where kids are part of this group of like-minded individuals who seek challenge, while not necessarily needing to jump up and down and spike the ball in the end zone, right? Mm-hmm. They tend mm-hmm. to be a group of people who are more unassuming and a little more humble um, and really drawn to both a team dynamic that's reinforcing and the opportunity for individual achievement. And so, anyway, I don't know if any of that makes sense, but this coach made me feel like it was important that I was there. And so that mattered. And I think I with me yeah and and not only at sun valley do you address the participatory aspect of the program but you also have an elite program the gold program and uh Mm -hmm. um tell us a little bit about your vision for that program because i think you're summer skiing uh uh, maybe new zealand or whatever but Mm -hmm. i mean this is a very serious effort yeah um you know if not for us then who i guess Right, right. When it right. comes to this elite programming, um, you know, I, I, I feel just you know personally from a, you know from a professional standpoint that as we have built our program here, we went from like when I first came here, we had like nine kids on our what would be our like our U sixteen U eighteen team. We had a, we had a very fledgling Bill Coke league program. Uh, mm-hmm. And we've been able to build those programs to near capacities, if you will. Uh, I guess we never turn anybody away, but, you know, they're functioning quite well. And so in the mid-2000s, and it's important to give credit where credit is due, Chris Grover was coaching for us, mm-hmm. right? And Chris and, uh, and I put our heads together, and Chris really was motivated to help with the effort to get this goal team thing going. And it was clear there was a need, right? We were, we just like Stratton, just like programs in Alaska, uh, in the Midwest and everywhere were growing really good, really good young juniors. They were going to really good, uh, NCAA ski programs, you know, across the country. And then there was the big what now. And, and we all understood that we had to jump in. And so for us, we're a little bit lucky, I think, in Sun Valley because we're sort of in what I would call a sweet spot uh, in terms of community size, if you will. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the community is affluent, but we're we're big enough that we have a lot of uh, opportunities to develop resources here around the support of something like the gold team. But we're also small enough that the gold team is able to have a very large footprint within the community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, 
we're seeing readily. I think there's a ton of opportunity for something like a gold team in Minneapolis, for example. Think about that, place, mm-hmm. right? Big little population Norway, base. Scandinavia, yeah. But it gets lost to some extent against the backdrop of, you know, you know, you know, University of Minnesota hockey, you know, the Twins, the Vikings, right? It's, it's right. hard to gain a, a, a toehold in public awareness as much among, among anybody beyond the people who are already sold on your mission, right? Whereas in our community, uh, our goal team guys, as well as all of our, you know, juniors that are roller skiing, you know, they're, they're highly visible. And so we're able to, to talk to the community about, are about the value of achieving excellence, about how the the mission of the gold team aligns with broader community values, and and it resonates with people. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, does that make sense? The yes. Way I'm saying no, absolutely, it does. And I mean, it, it, it's tough in a in major markets where you have such a proliferation of of uh, professional sports uh, to make that breakthrough. Um, right. Um, right. Indeed. So, yeah. And so that's one of the things that for us, I, I think we're a little bit lucky that way. I, you know, we didn't make anything to do with the size of town, right. but you know, we're able to have a more obvious footprint. Right. And as a result of that, you know, when our, when we qualify for kids, like, you know, like in the Simi Hamilton back in the, and Morgan back in the Vancouver games and have kids that were able to come through our program that achieve success. You know, people in the community get ownership in that, right? They go, wow, that's our guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, like, for example, today we have a golf tournament that the ski foundation is running to support our goal team called mm-hmm. golf for gold. And you know, we've got a bunch of teams with a bunch of guys coming out to play golf. We love playing golf, but they love the fact that the Ski Foundation and the cross-country team in particular are achieving or are striving to achieve at a really high level, and yeah. they identify with it. And so that's the component of our program that is, you know, it, it, it puts us regularly on a map, on the map within our community consciousness that, you know, frankly, is as great as U14 and U16 results are, you know these these results really resonate. So, certainly, certainly. Yeah. And and Rick, yeah. so our time draws short, but uh, we could talk for hours. We know that, and we have to accept <laughs> that. But um, yeah. uh, we're we're not so many months away from the Olympic Winter Games opening up in Pyeongchang in Korea. I'm just going to ask you for your observations. I talked to Grover not too long ago uh, for an article coming out in Ski Tracks in the fall issue, and you know he said uh, this is uh, by far the strongest women's team that has ever taken part for the United States in a in a. Winter Games, uh, improving uh, the men's team as well. But uh, Grover is really looking for for excellence uh, amongst the women, and that means medals in Korea. What what say you about that? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I I have always felt that if we don't set the highest standard uh, with regards to our expectations and our goals, that we can't achieve them. Right. It's, mm-hmm. You know, if you don't do that, you can't. If you don't have that as your goal, then what are you doing? Right. At that level, right? Indeed. And I think you could pull every one of us that are coaching, uh, you know, whether you talk to Sten Feldheim or a Ferry or 
or you know, or, or Eric Flora, we'd all say, yeah, that's absolutely the game we're trying to play. That we've been able to get there, and it to be a re- a very reasonable expectation is is just great. It is it is so powerful with regards to our abilities at the grassroots level to support the program in general. That it's it's great that we're in that position. It's like holy, um, it's amazing, and uh, you know we're also all. We're, you know, all of us who are involved in the sport. I mean, Pete, I'm not telling anything you don't know here. Um, you know, success at the Olympic Games can be uh, a very ephemeral pursuit. You know, it can be really, really a tough, uh, a tough thing because it can turn on a dime anyway, as we saw in Sochi. Right, indeed. So, so I. Uh, while we, you know, while I'm certainly excited about the prospect of real success, I mean, I, I'm already got my whole day blocked out for the women's relay day. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I mean, we're going to all be up watching it, and it's just going to be great, right? Uh, we also, the thing that's really amazing is it's not just turning on the games. I mean, it's World Cup results. It's, it's a multiple number of winners in World Cup events. I mean, Peter, when we grew up, Right, and we were waiting anxiously for our copy of Ski Racing, right, and that showed us the results <laughs> of guys like Dan Simino and Tim Caldwell and Jimmy Galanis from like three weeks earlier, right? <laughs> right, right. Oh, indeed. And you know, and we're like, hey, they broke the top twenty, and we we're jumping up and down because it was so freaking exciting. To where we are now, where. You know, I don't think in any way our community is jaded and in the sense that we just expect certain results, but we we have transformed uh, the country, and I think in terms of our expectations and what we're capable of doing, um, you know, I think we've got some work to do on the guy's side, yep. but um, I think that will come uh, as we have demonstrated to ourselves that it's possible, right? And... God, I, I'm just so stoked for these Olympics. I'm just, I almost can't wait for them to start. Yeah, I know, and and, and I agree. <laughs> and you know, uh, the other issue because we we have seen in our careers uh, coaches come and go for the United States. This is what I would term an unprecedented era of stability amongst our coaches uh, staying in the program, uh, dealing with more common uh, philosophies, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Well, I think one of the things, Peter, you and I would, we could, we could spend a whole another two years of, you know, um, podcasts about this. But you, when, when, when we look at like the success that's happened with skiing at the highest levels, right? And you also then say, well, how does this happen, right? Well, you look at an APU program now that, uh, that has been in place for, geez, I want to say, God, are we getting close to 20 years? Right. I would I would think look, so. We, yeah. Yeah, we look at like Sperry's program in Stratton being hugely successful. You look at a guy like Yuri Gusev in cross country who has these people have made the commitment to the sport in a long long-term fashion, right? Mm-hmm. And so has US skiing now, right? We have stability at the national level. Uh you know, this is in no way to comment in any way other than positive by the heavy lifting that was done by Mike Gallagher, by Ruff Patterson, by, you know, Steve, by... Yes, absolutely you know, right. The, yeah, by, by Pete Vordenberg. I mean, all of the success we're having now is built on the shoulders of all those people. But 
But our messaging to athletes is stay the course, keep training, make improvements from year to year, year, always view the long term, right? And that's what we're doing now as a nation, right? And uh, I, I don't think it should be any surprise that these better practices are yielding results. Yeah, absolutely. So, and well, yeah. you know, you talked about the effect of the the media and social media and the and the internet and those kind of things. Yeah. I mean, we were starved for information. Um, right. Any time somebody like Mike Gallagher went to Norway or something, he used to bring back as much you know printed material as he could. Sometimes it had to be translated, right. of course, but that was a treasure trove of information. Then, I mean, we are certainly not isolated anymore when it comes to the sport. Yeah, I know. Like, it's really, it's hilarious, Pete, because we'll, uh, I'll walk in at any point during the winter, right? And the kids will be there, and, you know, Jesse Diggins will throw down the result, or Simi Hamilton smokes a race or something. And I'm like, hey, kids, did you know that? Yeah, 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 we already watched it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. Right, but, but that is so incredibly powerful, right? Yes, it because is. Back when, like, uh, Torbjorn Carlson was running his business, <laughs> and he was producing those videotapes. Right. We couldn't wait to get our hands on them, right? And now we, because of this global interconnectivity via digital streaming and all these other platforms, our kids are getting every bit as much opportunity to see this stuff firsthand, and it's hugely powerful. You combine that, Peter, with, you know, I mean, I have a huge number of kids in our program now here in Sun Valley. They're anywhere between, you know, just entry-level kids and kids who are going to junior nationals, right, or skiing in college even, whose parents ski raced, mm-hmm. right? It's taken us, you know, 30 years to create a generation of people whose children now ski, right? Yes. And that is a huge, huge uh, um component of our success. We just ran the U-16 camp here in Sun Valley, the National U-16 camp, you know, that thing that moves around the country. Right. And we asked, we asked, hey, could all you kids who are here, there were 50 of the top U-16s in the country, and he said, could everybody raise their hand whose parents cross-country ski raced when they were kids? And over half the room raised their hands. Right. Well, that's hugely transformational uh, about how, you know, how important that has been in, in moving, you know, moving our sport ahead because that, you know, we're basically going against Norway, Sweden, Finland, and, you know, institutionally where that has been the norm where you have familial support that knows about the sport that gets you out the door when you're a kid and starts trundling around your skis and builds passion and interconnectivity. That was the norm. Right has been the norm against these major nations we've been competing against. Now we got that, and that's big. So, I think. Yeah. Well, Rick, I, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, we could have spent two or three hours on this. Uh, we will have to do <laughs> yeah, this again uh, sooner than later and uh, get more of your thoughts. But thanks for the passion you give the sport and uh, for all that you have done over this time. It's certainly been a pleasure to talk to you, buddy. Well, thanks, Peter, and I can't wait to get a chance to share a cup of coffee and see you at the next set of ski races. I like that, Rick. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, That'll do it for right now. This is Peter Graves, and it's Talking with the Gravy Train.